Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I'm going to go over some stuff uh, at the beginning of this program, at the beginning here at, uh, at the uh, in this hour, and it's, it's uh, disturbing, and it's difficult to hear. So you may not want the kids to hear what I'm about to go through um, because it's scarring. So first off, uh, just as I was getting off the air yesterday, uh, we got news that the bodies of Noya Dan, a 12-year-old Israeli girl who has uh, autism, as well as her grandmother, Carmela, who was 80, who were initially believed to have been held hostage by Hamas in Gaza, or as uh, I think the Washington Post described it in one of their uh, photo descriptions in their piece yesterday. They say that the uh, all the people that Hamas took are just being detained in Gaza. But the bodies of these two women have been found now, this girl and her grandmother, on um, Monday... While the 12-year-old's fate was still unknown, the author of the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling, retweeted a post highlighting the child's uncertain situation at that point. And um, she said, for obvious reasons, this picture has hit home with me. Uh, She said, kidnapping children is despicable and wholly unjustifiable and expressed hope for the release of all the captives in Gaza. In the past 12 days, this little girl's voice has been broadcast on Israeli media when her mom shared her daughter's final voice memos. So I guess like uh, like little recordings, and she would send them. They were in Hebrew. Uh, she sent them to her mom while she was hiding in the the security room, the bunker at the house with her grandma. The family and residents of the kibbutz that are close to the Gaza border had a large extended family dinner with each other the night before October 7th, the, uh, the date when Hamas attacked. So October 6th, they had this gathering. Knowing how close her daughter and her mother were, Galit, which is Noya's mom, Galit suggested that Noya sleep over at her grandma's house in the neighboring kibbutz or communal farm. And that was a special treat for her. Her younger sister, Tamar, she stayed at home with her mom and dad. Hours later, their kibbutz was attacked by Hamas terrorists. That family hid in their safe room while gunmen used their living room as a temporary headquarters. And they would shoot out through the windows of the home at their neighbors. So yesterday, or uh, Wednesday, I should say, 
Israeli Defense Forces uh, found the bodies of Noya, Dan, and her grandma, Carmela. They were near the Israeli-Gaza border. It took them a while before they could identify the bodies. So burned were they. They finally had them identified through DNA. Um, there is also um, an organization in Israel. It's based out of Jerusalem. It's called Zaka, Z-A-K-A, International Rescue Unit. And from the best I can understand, it's a charity, and the best I understand is that they go in and um, they help clear the scenes after terrorist attacks and uh, and even natural disasters. They've been around for decades, right? A sign of the the life that Israel leads is they have to have these teams. They have to have these people that come in and help identify and clean up these crime scenes, these scenes of these terrorist attacks. So this fellow's name is Yossi Landau, and he's been a volunteer with Zaka for 30 years. He is the, um, was it the, I think he's the Southern, uh, Southern commander of Zaka. And um, he did a press conference. I believe this was yesterday. We went in the first house we saw was a couple, father and mother, sitting there on the knees on the floor. They were on the knees. Now they were head down. Hands tied to the back. On the other side of the dining room was seven-year-old boy and a girl, I would say about six years old, sitting just against the, the parents. Hands tied to the back, same position. bodies were tortured while now start to use imagination who was tortured before who saw if this was (coughs) if this was a purpose if this was the children looking at the parents being tortured the parents seen and when I say tortured I would say missing body pieces. An eye, just taken out an eye, one eye, fingers being, fingers being, and all, all this happened, and by the end, they all had a bullet, and still not finished. In the middle, there's a table. Those terrorists were sitting and eating the the Saturday meal that was prepared for this family. They just took it and they ate this meal while torturing these children. 
family of four. This was at Kibbutz Be'eri, and uh, this was the first house that they had gone in to clear. Mother, father, boy and girl, ages six or seven. They were at the dining room table. They were eating their meal. The terrorists come in, tie the hands behind their backs. They begin torturing all four of them, making all of them watch each other. Cutting out the father's eye, cutting off fingers, and then putting a bullet in each of their heads. He also described how the workers found the body of um, one of the Hamas terrorists. And next to that body was the body of a 14 or 15-year-old child who had been beheaded. The team also found the body of a pregnant woman who had been shot from behind and then stabbed in the stomach to the point where the uh, eight, where these uh, search and rescue team members, this unit, had to decide whether to use one or two body bags. And they said, we are not the evil people to separate the infant from the mother. So they, they put them in one. Hamas killed about 120 people at this one kibbutz Beeri, located near the Jewish state's border with Gaza. The terrorists killed more than 1,400 people, including at least 30 Americans, in the attack on southern Israel. There's like two dozen more Americans that are missing and believed to be held hostage, or as the Washington Post called them, detained, in the Gaza Strip. They have also found drugs on the bodies of the Hamas attackers. Let me go over to the uh, phone lines here. This is Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Hey. Um, I just wanted to call to thank you for doing that. In Judaism, we say, may their memories be a blessing. And I, it's gut-wrenching as it is to hear I think the world needs to know. It made me think of the photos that we saw, that people saw after the Holocaust, Mm -hmm. and were shocked at what happened. And as horrible as it is to hear, people need to know what they did. And what, what I struggle with now is thinking about the children that they're still holding and what's being done to them. Yeah. And it keeps me up at night. I can't even let my mind go there because it's probably so awful. Yeah. So I just wanted to thank you for for playing that you know playing that audio and sharing those details because the world needs to know. Well, and Jerry, I'm sorry that it affected you like it has, but uh, I, I appreciate that you understand why I do it. Um, I'm I'm a Jew, Pete. It yeah. affected every Jew in the world, and almost every Jew, because liberal Democrat Jewish people don't really seem to feel the same way we do. But any, and, and frankly, anybody who has a sense of humanity, it should be affected by it, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I agree. The world, the world needs to know it. And, um, and I understand, like, Israel has this really long tradition of not um, putting the photos, uh, not, you know, not putting a lot of the information out after these types of attacks because they don't want it to be used as recruitment material and propaganda by 
uh, Hamas or Hezbollah or whatever the terrorist organization is that perpetrates them. But um, these these accounts need to be told for people to understand because we are already seeing, I think, in a lot of media accounts, there's a there's a, a whitewashing of what's occurred. Um, I've, I've watched it happen now over the last week, week and a half, where the, 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 the description just kind of gets sanitized and just, oh, people got slain or it was just an attack. And it's it's beyond that. It's it's way more than that. So, uh, well, Jerry, I appreciate the call. Um, and like I said, I'm sorry to sorry to have to do it uh, and have it affect you as such. But I appreciate uh, I'm, I'm, your support. I'm, I appreciate that you have the courage to do it, and I hope you don't get any blowback for no, it. No, so. no, no worries if I do. Jerry, I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Pete. All right, take care. Um, the drug that Hamas terrorists were apparently carrying around with them, ostensibly to use, is a drug called Captagon. Never heard of it before, but apparently they've been fishing it out of the pockets of these Hamas terrorists. Yeah, it's a synthetic amphetamine-type stimulant. So if, if you're wondering, like, how could they do this? How, like, what kind of a person? Well... You drug yourself up, I guess, enough with these stimulants, and the, and a whole bunch of them had it, so they got all dosed up and then went to went to savage people. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply, food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? The IDF has now approved war logistics plans for all divisions going into Gaza. Senior uh, officer says all forces at high level of readiness in terms of new tech and war supplies. And a message from Jeff who says, Pete, my heart is breaking listening to you describe those scenes. I wish I was a young paratrooper again, ready to unleash complete destruction of that evil. Uh, will our young people today be willing to rush to this fight? Um, well, I mean, it is the Israelis fight. Um, but we can support them. And that's, I've not made any calls for America to, to send any troops to Israel. And frankly, I mean, they've, they've done a, they've got a pretty good record when it comes to neutralizing threats after they're attacked, you know? Um, their wars, I think, don't take as long as ours, although I guess you could argue that uh, this one's been going on for decades. But, um, no, just, uh, in, you know, six days. This is not going to be an easy thing. This is, I was talking with uh, Brett Winterbull, who does three to six here on WBT, as you know, and he, um, yeah, he, he, he equated it to Fallujah. Yeah, I mean it's it's 140 square miles Gaza. It's 140 square miles. And then and you got all the tunnels underneath too. Um 
Hamas terrorists carried out a surprise attack on October 7th. They were found to be under the influence of Captagon, a synthetic amphetamine-type stimulant that has been clandestinely produced in southern Europe and trafficked through Turkey to the consumer markets on the Arabian Peninsula. The pills were recovered from the pockets of many terrorists who lost their lives on Israeli soil. This is from the Jerusalem Post. This stimulant drug, also known as the cocaine for the poor, allowed the terrorists to commit heinous acts with a sense of calmness and indifference. Simultaneously, it kept them highly alert for extended periods and suppressed their appetite. Captagon gained notoriety in 2015 when it was discovered to be used by ISIS to suppress fear prior to carrying out terrorist operations. As the influence of terrorist organizations like ISIS diminished, Lebanon and Syria took the reins and began producing and distributing the drug on a large scale. Gaza, in particular, became a popular market for the drug, especially among addicted young individuals. Captagon belongs to the amphetamine family and was initially developed to address attention disorders, narcolepsy, and depression. Despite its highly addictive nature and potential for inducing psychotic reactions, it continues to enjoy popularity in the Middle East due to its affordability and ease of manufacturing. In poor countries, you can buy them for like a dollar or two a pill. Wealthier countries, it could cost up to $20 a pill. Captagon has now become a major source of income for Syria and is actively supported by Hezbollah. About two years ago, an investigation by the New York Times revealed that individuals associated with Syrian dictator Bashar Assad, including his family members, had established a thriving industry for the production of Captagon. And finally, the profits generated from the drug trade in Syria exceed those gained from legitimate exports. Estimates uh, peg it at around $3.5 billion in 2020. Meanwhile, 400, more than 400 staffers on Capitol Hill who say they are Muslim and Jewish have signed an open letter directly calling on their bosses, a.k.a. the politicians, right, to demand a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. Muslim and Jewish staffers and allies joined the effort with 407 staffers signing the letter, according to Politico. The signatories are anonymous. What? The signatories are anonymous. Anybody see the problem? You hear the problem with that sentence? When you sign something, you're not anonymous. That's the deal. Think, um, mm, Declaration of Independence, anybody? Right? John Hancock, retired WBT host who signed the Declaration of Independence, right? Wrote his name real big. Come on, guys. Let's do better here. The signatories cannot be anonymous. It's just a letter. It's just it's just a statement that some people put out, and they claim there are 400-plus staffers on the letter. 400-plus uh, staffers support the letter, but they haven't signed it. Why? Well, they're concerned about their... Their safety and job security. 
Yeah, imagine how the founders felt when they signed their Declaration of Independence from Britain, right? Let me go over here to Tom. Hello, Tom. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm fine, I guess. Um, there's, I, I told you, Screener, that there's a truth that runs through all of this, the Hezbollah, the, the ISIS, um, Hamas, the PLO, and that's, that, and that's uh, Islam. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that Islam will not tolerate other religions. It's taught in the Quran. What do people expect? 20 years ago after 9-11, when I started learning a lot about Islam, uh, I, uh, and there, was, there, there were reformers, and, and Islam is due and desperately needs a reformation. Uh, much like the Catholic Church had its abuses, right, with the selling of indulgences, um, the Inquisition, right, all of the stuff that was in, um, in Catholicism's past uh, as it acted as a government, Right, all of the abuses and transgressions by man in the name of God and religion, uh, like Islam needs one of these, and it's I, I don't see I, I see very few people standing up for it now. Maybe you know the last few years with the progress towards peace with Israel and the Abraham Accords, maybe we were getting there, but yeah, I I don't know it. it there it's so ingrained in their teachings that uh, I don't know how you extricate one from the other. I don't think it'll ever change. Yeah, it might not. Tom, I appreciate the call. Have a good weekend, sir. All right. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's you know, radical. It, it's Islamism. There are because there are Muslims who are uh, who are not radicalized. Right now, the Islamists will say that they're not true Muslims. Right, these are the ones that end up getting lashed and whipped and buried up to their neck, and then rocks thrown at their head until dead. Right. Because they're not sufficiently devout. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Did you, did you know, by the way, one little aside here. Did you know that, like, the, the way the, was it the Quran is written, like, they take the, I believe it's the surahs, these little notes. Anyway, they, they, they t- they're, they're ordered from, I believe it is longest to shortest, or maybe shortest to longest. In other words, it's not chronological. The whole thing was jumbled. And one of the stories that reminds me also, because I did a lot, I did a lot of research on this 20 years ago. One of the other stories I remember, there was uh, this, yeah, uh, Muhammad is on his deathbed, and he has one more revelation that he needs to write down. And the guys that are around him at his, at his deathbed, they're like, no, 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 prophet, you've done enough. And I, and I read that, and I'm thinking, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The guy's got... The guy's got a revelation from God again, right? Allah's talking to him. And so why wouldn't you want that last bit of God's wisdom to get through before he passes? Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah, anyway. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while. And it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. 
There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Next up, there is the uh, the media coverage of this stuff. I'm going to play for you this audio. This is Batya Ungar Sargon, and she is an opinion editor, the opinion editor at Newsweek, and she's also a columnist at Compact Magazine. And she's talking about the way the media ran with the you know, Israel blew up a hospital story based solely on Hamas's report. Hamas told them this happened and they all ran with it. I want to make sure your audience understands the depravity of what happened yesterday. So after committing the worst atrocities against Jews since the Holocaust, the organization that was involved in dismembering children alive in front of their parents sent out a memo to the American press corps 10 days later in which they said Israel had killed 500 Palestinians by bombing a hospital. None of that turned out to be true. Israel did not bomb the hospital. The hospital is still standing and we don't know how many people were killed, but it certainly wasn't 500. But our press corps, like the stenographers of terrorists that they are, simply repeated this lie. The New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, The Washington Post, the BBC, the AP repeated Hamas's lie word for word. Why did they do this? Because they're all educated at elite institutions where they get woke mind virus. They cannot tell right from wrong. They cannot tell truth from falsehood. And they simply lie and lie because to them, Israel is the oppressor. And they spent 10 days having to describe a trial against Jews and they were just desperate to get Israel back into the oppressor position of the bad guy. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oppressor, oppressed. It's Marxism. It's Hegelian. It's all the same crap. It's this power dynamic prism that they view everything through. And Israel had now somehow it become, oh my gosh, wait a minute, they're not the power? They're, so there, there was this dismissal, disbelief, denial, and then, oh, thank God, Israel did something bad. Let's, we can move them back over to the oppressor camp, right? And think about this. The New York Times, this is A.G. Hamilton pointing this out, that multiple people lost their jobs at the New York Times because U.S. Senator Tom Cotton wrote an op-ed. Remember that? And people were like, I'm so scared. I'm, I'm traumatized. But there have been zero consequences so far for what they just did. David Bernstein, he's a professor. He says, um, I will tell you why anti-Israel sources are currently throwing away their credibility by being sympathetic to Hamas after its murderous rampage, spreading obvious lies or both. This is the flight 93 conflict for them. They don't want peace. They don't want two states. They want the Jews to go back up and well, they just want them to go. They just want somewhere, just leave. The underlying theory is that if you make life sufficiently difficult for Israelis, that they will pack up and leave. 
like the French in Algeria. Moreover, if you sway world public opinion enough against Israel, other powers like the U.S. is going to stop Israel from dealing a mortal military blow to its enemies. Thus, all Israel's enemies need is patience. The current situation, though, threatens both presumptions. See, Hamas dealt Israel maybe the worst blow in its history, and instead of leaving, you know, on to, like mass exit, Israelis from all over the world are returning to help. And the Israelis are angry. The U.S. government, with general support from Europe, is saying that Israel has to absolutely destroy Hamas. Worse yet, for the first time ever, the U.S. has intervened directly militarily on Israel's side by stationing two aircraft carriers in the Mediterranean to deter Hezbollah and Iran from inflicting yet more pain on Israel. The end result of this conflict could be such a major defeat for the Israel Israel eliminationists that the Palestinians and others finally wake up to the fact that Israel isn't going anywhere, that some accommodation must be made, and that's the end of anti-Zionism. So the genocide lobby will lie, openly support the worst sorts of terrorism to rally the base because it's now or never. And you can hear it in some of the rhetoric coming out of Hamas. They're trying their hardest to get everybody to join in this fight. (laughs) 